Uh, kind of technically, yeah. I'll. You know how okay. I do. I usually start a random yeah. point just to be like, "This is the start." Okay. You know, welcome to on the fly. And and that's welcome. it. There it is. Uh, but yeah, talking about. So I'm not sure if I'm going to keep in the bit where you talk about how you watched Cars two in theaters, but like a drive-in theater, and you guys didn't hear like any of it. Yeah, we could kind of hear it from the from the screen, but not very well from. We couldn't. We couldn't with see our it car. either. You might also need to move closer to the table, Noah. Uh, Just for there's a chair over there I you could bring, or there's a chair over chair. here. You can sit on it later. <laughs> uh, but just on that note of watching movies with no like audio, have you ever heard of the movie District Nine? I have heard of it. I, I haven't, haven't seen it, it, but I've heard of it. It's so a, it's basically like movie, right? a mockumentary of kind of sorts about these aliens that are kind of invaded Earth, and I'm not really sure how to describe the plot. I don't know. Some are trying to get home. There's like a part of this country that's just sort of been cordoned off that they're living in but i can't really describe the plot because so a lot of the movie is talked in this alien language and there are subtitles at the bottom that you're supposed to read but netflix was weird in that there were no subtitles what so and i didn't realize this so i'm watching this movie and like there's all these like you know clicks and clacks going on obviously dialogue and i'm not seeing any subtitles like all right this is an interesting way to tell a story that's like you're supposed to imply what they're saying when i think it's interesting Next day, I'm driving with my friend. I'm like, yeah, I watched District 9 last night. That was kind of interesting how they did this. And I'm talking about this. He's like, dude, there's supposed to be subtitles on that movie. <laughs> so I have watched this whole movie. Apparently, I need to watch it again and put subtitles manually on. <laughs> yeah, but. that's funny. It's I also I recently, I rewatched um, A Quiet Place, the first one. Yeah? And I got about 20 minutes into it and realized that it was on mute. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Is that good? It's a quiet Ooh, movie. So yeah. Good. It, okay. It's really good. I'll put that on my to-do list. As long as you can get past Jim being the main character. He's an actor. I think he's allowed to be more people than just Jim. Yeah. I think he does a good job, but I've heard people <laughs> have issue with it. All right. Well, back into the meat and potatoes of whatever this is, which we'll describe in a minute. But I, you know, welcome to On the Fly, and I consider this... Uh, a couple things. First, I consider this a second in a series I call Meet the Stall Cups, okay. where last episode we had Connor interview you and me. We got a, neat, a little bit of Noah Stall Cup. And Still a piece. Hi, everyone. I'm back. And now we have another guest star today. Uh, what's, I'll let you describe. Well, so this, this is a guy who I found on the side of the road today and thought he'd be fun to interview. No, this is my younger brother, David. Um... He was taller than me for a little while, but he's not anymore. Oh, wait, stand up. Sadly. I'm convinced he's still taller. No, I've gotten shorter. When did you hit a growth spurt? I think I've gotten I think, shorter. I don't know. I just, whenever I realized that he was taller than me, I couldn't, couldn't let that slide. <laughs> um, so, his name, David. Derived from? David. French for? David. What? I don't know. It's French for David. Uh, David. No. Why don't you introduce yourself? Before you start, I, I have a all question right. that lets us get to know you. You've got two slushies in your hand, all right? What two celebrities would you throw them in their face? One celebrity, you do it as like, you know, I like you, I think you're cool. Here's an expedited way to experience this slushie. I want to get this to your face as fast as possible. <laughs> and one that you're throwing in absolute disdain and just hatred well, not hatred. That's a bit hatred of a strong word. But yeah, so you've got two slushies. One is being thrown as a form of love, and one's being thrown in, as a form of deprivation of love. Wow. Well, I think um, in love, probably Jim Carrey, because I feel like he could take it. Okay. <laughs> and in hate... Or deprivation of love, just so. I like the word hate. <laughs> okay. Very None coming to mind that I dislike as of right now. Celebrities or actors? Anyone really. Just You can't think of any celebrities you don't like. What about Billie I mean, Eilish? No. Cardi B, obviously. <laughs> that's too easy. <laughs> oh, we'll go with that for now. Cardi B? Yeah. All right. 
So like I said, this is first and foremost to episode two of the Meet the Stock Up series. We plan to have your other brothers on. Okay, yeah. I think at we one... can have up to seven Meet the Stock Up series episodes. I'm, I think we stay with the boys because I feel like the less your parents know about this, okay. the better. The boys. I like it that they have a little bit of respect for me still. <laughs> um, but I feel like we could do with Josh like we could do our second annual Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. And then we could do something with the twins. Hmm? He does that at church every Sunday anyway. Really? Yeah. But just with church members, right? Just with church members. So, yeah, to give context here, one of uh, Noah and David's brothers just tries to think mentally of people in our church and thinks who could take who in a fight, which I think is very humorous. It's awesome. It's pretty funny. A little distracting, though. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that's first and foremost what this is. Secondly, this is the first in a series I like to call a deep dive into American cinema, Ooh, where, uh, like David is a mechanic famously. He makes it I'm a big, very famous, makes yes. it a big part of his personality, flaunts it around. Uh, can't help it. So we've decided that in, you know, lieu of that aspect of himself, be what better way to dive into that than to review the movie's cars too no better way no better way i mean we could talk about cars and stuff like that but in a sense we are going to be talking about cars yeah and of the cars movies probably the one with the most exposed innards of cars okay i admittedly haven't seen in a while we're actually going to stop recording in a couple minutes and watch that and then come back and give some freshest freak thoughts if you will yeah, and let's uh, go ahead and clarify that you rewatched Cars One, right? I did. I, for this. I need to I need to specify how serious I'm about this podcast. Uh, Thursday night, this is what is it? Saturday? It's oh Saturday. yeah, this is Saturday. But Thursday night, yeah, I I sat in my room and I put on my little projector and I I watched Cars One. Uh, I have thoughts about that, and I'll share them with I suppose my thoughts of Cars Two, just an all around Cars bundle. Uh, just gonna ignore Cars Three. I haven't seen it yet. I David's surprised by this. I've been busy. Um, watching Cars 1. <laughs> yes, been busy watching Cars 1. So I'll probably watch it after the we've put this up and whatnot. Yeah, I thought about watching Cars 1 in preparation for this, but I've seen it so many times I can pretty much watch it just sitting in a chair staring off into space. So <laughs> I think I got it down. We have watched it a lot. But, yeah, also, in the lieu of, you know, how serious I take this, I need to describe what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a, a turtleneck with, like, a suede overcoat with glasses, and I'm, you know, looking as, what is it, critic-y as I can? Oh, yeah. Or He's looking pretty sharp. Oh, thank you. Uh, but, yeah, I'll put pictures on this. is the third thing. I'm uh, deciding to finally make an Instagram for On The Fly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mostly because, so the, I upload this through something called Anchor. And it kind of gives me stats of like, oh, here's all the places people have listened to this. Here's all like the views. And it doesn't make any sense because it says like there's like 700 plays total for all, all, all the episodes, which doesn't really track since, again, our viewership is about. I've listened to multiple if, episodes twice. If not. OK, so maybe that explains How many episodes it. do we have? Uh, about 20 uh, ish. Twenty, even if even that. Oh man, that'd have to be a lot of replays. That and like it's all these different locations, like Ohio and like Ohio is our third most viewed one, and I know like maybe three people in Ohio, and none of them care enough about me to listen to this. I'm starting to think we maybe have more than three listeners. That's that's why I'm doing this. So I'm gonna be advertising this Instagram page nowhere else but this, just so, you know. I can finally have like a count like when people listen it's like oh I'll follow this just so I know who you are. So I'm finally starting that and I'm going we're going to put pictures obviously related to this episode as well as my very serious review outfit I'm wearing. That's uh beautiful. Thank you. I'm trying to think anything else we need to do before we jump into this? Do we want to share pictures of our super professional studio that we're sitting in right now? Sounds good to me. Should oh, probably yeah. start just documenting people jealous. This. I'm pulling out my phone now. I'm taking pictures of these absolute units units of men. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the photo op. Very fun for Makes those for, audio listeners. For, yeah, for <laughs> great radio. Admittedly, I haven't made it yet. I'll probably make it during the movie just so I know what the actual handle is. 
Um, yeah. It's probably going to be on the fly. Most likely. But if that's taken, we'll have to mess around with asterisks and smiley faces. Anything else we want to say before we jump into this? Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know that uh, most people don't like Cars 2, but I'm a fan, so let's get into it. Yeah, is it your favorite Pixar movie, or... Cause I, know I don't know about that. I, I just know you guys love it in a, like a, most, really like it. a weird amount compared to like the rest of the world. Should I, should I go ahead and talk about why I love it, or should we wait till after we watch the movie? I say let's wait till after we watch the movie. Okay, we'll All just right. tease you with that upcoming content. And with that, let's take a deep dive into America Cinema. And welcome to a deep dive into American cinema. Uh, we just got back from watching Cars 2 and then took a quick break to drive and get food, which we are eating now Consuming. as we record. Consuming. Or did you finish yours or are you just going to wait till later? I ate it. You ate yours. Okay. I have a couple fries left. Very nice. And an apple pie. All right, so Cars 2. Some would say an American classic. Others would say the worst Pixar film in existence. Let us find the truth. I would say the worst really? film in existence is not Cars 2. Oh. But um, it's called The Good Dinosaur, right? Oh. I hated that. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to say I like that new intro music. Thank you. It sounds like an appropriately pretentious uh, <laughs> book club. Yeah. Pretty classy. As, mm -hmm. a, as I was going for. Is that a, a drag on our uh, our pastor who has a podcast for our church? Oh, that, <laughs> uh, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah, because he's got intro music too. He's got, yeah, his little pretentious book club uh, yeah. opening, but I love it. It's and... almost as good as that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. But yeah, let's go back to the good dinosaur debate there. So you'd say that's mm. about low tier Pixar for you. Because I agree. Oh, that's yes. my least favorite Pixar it's movie. It's not good. Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy it, but um, I agree it's probably the least enjoyable of the it's Pixar movies. It's slow, not a ton happens, and I don't like the main character. I think, I was also like had expectation, because when I heard mm -hmm. it was coming out, it like had that tagline of like, what if the meteor missed, and like yeah. dinosaurs didn't go sink, and I assumed it'd be like modern day... You know, like regular world with dinosaurs living in it. Like Zootopia yeah. with dinosaurs? Yeah, but they'd also coexist with humans. Mm. But then it just turned into like prehistoric dinosaurs that learned how to farm. Yeah, and, then and people, are, still people are the equivalents of dogs. Yeah. So just, it was a role reversal that just didn't feel too original. Mm -mm. My main problem with it was um, the design of the dinosaurs was like really stylized, which is fine. But the the world around them was like photorealistic almost and so it kind of they felt a little out of place i thought that was kind of fine and it was kind of cool like at the time like the animation was still not archaic but that was like the first time they really got down that whole photorealistic look and like yeah it was really impressive the end credit scene like when you just see the atmosphere with no dinosaurs like okay wow that looks good mm -hmm. which is funny because i didn't really realize it till the dinosaurs were out of the frame it took for them to finally be gone for me to yeah. realize, like, Jesus is some good animation. Yeah. Really good. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that's low tier for me as well as I wasn't a big fan of Onward. I, but I, I like Onward. I think that's part of my, like, just Tom Holland bias, like, I'm against him. Uh, what? I'm not a big fan of Tom Holland. I'll, the jury's out on that one. I need to wait. See, no, I like Chris <laughs> Pratt a ton, so. He's good. But my whole Tom Holland thing, there's a movie coming out this December, or this should be like later this year, for Uncharted, which is a video game series. It's basically like a modern-day Indiana Jones. And they cast him as the lead actor, and I'm very much against it. But if the movie's good, I'll drop all my charges against Tom Holland. If it sucks, he goes into my celebrity purgatory. So you would throw a little shake at his face. Oh, I would. At the moment? I mean, I don't think he has that much attention for me to throw a milkshake at him. I'm ah. just... I don't get the hype around him. If you were in a room with one milkshake in your hand and Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet, who would you throw it at? Mmm. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. I figured. And I didn't even throw in... Um, what's his name? Because it wouldn't even be a question. That guy who Logan makes the Paul? video. Logan Paul. Logan oh. Paul. I cannot stand Logan Paul. He's... 
don't know. I'd pair something besides a milkshake at home. Hmm. Well, this Cars 2 review got very much <laughs> off topic very fast. Oh, yeah. So Cars 2, for those who are unaware, is a sequel to Cars 1. A story which... I'm getting off the trails again. Cars is... I know everyone says it, but we don't really think about it too much. It's a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Like, all of, Pixar, all of Pixar films, like, even their out-there ones, like, they live in a world that makes sense. So, you know, your regular ones, like, Up. Yeah. It's a world that makes sense. It's humans. Toy Story. Okay. Regular world. Toys are kind of sentient. Monsters, Inc. Monsters live in an alternate universe, yeah. and they travel over to ours to collect our screams. They've explained it. It makes sense. Inside Out. It's within a kid's head, and it's an abstract concept of our emotions. Cars is a world of sentient cars in a landscape that makes no sense. So, yeah, there are cars, and they have this, like, infrastructure that's built around them, these machineries that let them, like, you know, click things with their tires, like their gas pumps. In the first one, they push a lever, and the gas tank kind of, or the gas thing kind of goes into their little gas tank and fills them up. Who built this? Is there some sentient being who has created this world for these cars? And we also never see any car children. Okay, so I have two two That's theories on this. First no. of all, no, I want to hear them, these theories. One of them is series. not my theory, but um, have you heard of the Pixar theory that ties everything together? So that is basically cars is like a post-apocalyptic where humans built the world, but machines outlived humans and gained sentience. So that's one of them. Also. You'll notice if anything requires dexterity, it's going to be Guido who does it. So maybe the Cars world is just built on forklifts who have those little fingers and so that they can do all the little mm-hmm. minute details of constructing things. But where did they come from? Because I, like, I know the Pixar theory. I think it's just someone having too much imagination mm-hmm. and time coming up with all this. Uh, as you can hear, that ASMR of uh, Milo's rappers. Uh, <laughs> Drink a little more. <laughs> what were my other thoughts on this? Oh, yeah. I think my first thought, getting back in... Cars 2, all right, <laughs> is a continuation of Cars 1, which, again, is about Lightning McQueen, a race car who, self-centered, thinks he can survive in life on his own, doesn't need anyone around him, gets lost and causes a lot of public property damage in a small town and learns to become selfless and learns that, you know, friends are a necessity... And ends up what? Our friends. Just for that to be your the moral of your story, friends are a necessity. Not that friends are like good and like help like You did, you had no friends. They, you can't the quality of life is just you you should probably make some friends. You probably should. I mean not just that they're useful, but like you know, life gets lonely on your own. Anywho, ends up throwing the big race at the end because it matters more to him to help another racer finish his last race. To be a good person rather than just to win a, an empty old cup, as he says. Heartwarming story, and it's still like, again, I watched it this Thursday, and I think they're kind of two different eras of Pixar. There's like the original mm-hmm. era where it's like kind of run by Randy Newman, where like all the songs are kind of composed by him, and he did a lot of stuff. And then later stuff that like is no longer Randy Newman. So hmm. I don't know, yeah. that music was a lot, great music on that first one. This movie had good music too, but it definitely wasn't like, Randy Newman music. The music in this movie was very much like generic spy movie music. But it was good. Like, I liked it. Mm -hmm. But you could tell they were leaning full force into that sort of uh, style. Which also is the thing that a lot of people find weird with Cars 2 is it goes from, again, that small town story of Cars 1 to, all right, now it's a globe-trotting race that also has... So the race is actually the backstory now. And the forefront story is about a secret conspiracy dealing with spies and how would you describe it, I suppose? I feel like I'm talking a lot. Basically, in the cars world, society has agreed that lemons are worthless and we can lemons make fun of them. Lemons being crappy cars. Yeah. Despite the fact that they have no choice in the matter, people just make fun of them all the time. And apparently stop producing their parts and all this stuff. They're basically, it feels, it, you can't think about it too much. Yeah, I was, I have a note here later, but like, the villains are kind of right. Because again, their yeah. whole thing is, hey, we're going to bring the world to its knees by making them rely on our oil. 
by having them convinced that alternative oil, you know, dangerous. electric energy and whatnot is dangerous. But like, at, you know, convoluted plot, kind of terroristy. But at the same time, the world has moved on from them. If they can't change themselves, they've stopped making their parts. If they break down, they're told just die. So they're fighting for their lives here. It's it's part they disguise it as a revenge story, so that you kind of hate them because they're like, people are mean to us, so we will bring the world to its knees. But then, if you really think about it, you're like, oh, they're fighting for their very lives. And we're supposed to think they're the bad guys here. Yeah. Um, but it's because they have a creepy professor who is killing our American spies. and so. Who that's also, I want to note, has a monocle, which I'm questioning the use of that. Because he's got a windshield on his eye. It's not looked like it's cracked, but he still has a monocle. <laughs> also, how does that work? He's got two, like, what do you call it, retinas inside his... He's got two pupils in his yeah. one eye. Hmm. But you can tell where the difference is because of that classic car's offset of the eyelids. Hmm. Yeah, but how could one not see good and the other one see fine? So, um, yeah, again, the I windshield of each of these cars, again, has two pupils in it. Assuming they're one eyeball. Somewhat like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. No dividing thing. And this guy's got a monocle on one of them, yet they're the same eyeball, which is two. Yep. <laughs> Just someone didn't think this universe out. Yeah. John so Lasseter, I know you're listening time, to this. I think the first time I watched this was back in the days when I watched a movie purely as like entertainment and I wasn't critical of movies at all. Like I was too young to be critical of movies. This is one of the last ones that I saw at that age. And so because of that, all I saw was like cool gadgets, spies, awesome new racers, stuff like that. And so I enjoyed it because of that and sort of held on to my enjoyment of it. Similar to episode one of Star Wars. Does it still stand your enjoyment after this viewing? or? I would say I yes. think so, especially the first half. The second half, <clears throat> if I could watch the movie without um, Lightning McQueen in it and just have the spy stuff, I think I'd like it better. See, I kind of would just like more of like the racing stuff. Yeah. I wish it kind of focused more on, like, I don't know, touring the world and seeing that world of cars and like someone actually explaining what yeah. the frick is going on and who. I think if there are two separate movies, it'd be better. Hmm. Have you noticed that um, for some reason in the world of cars they have double-decker buses and taxis? Mm-hmm. Who, what, is, what is their job? You see, that's my first thing I wrote here is it opens up on the ocean. And we see yes. Finring Missile is being driven on a boat. And it's not a boat that's being driven by another car, but it's a, a sentient boat. Which yeah. makes me wonder, are boats and other kind of vehicles lower-class citizens? Because we have, again, there's a bigger boat that scares this boat off. Yeah. And Finn, the main spy, gets onto this boat and follows it back to their oil tanker. And the boat is kind of lifted up to the top and it yeah. just sits there. Like, he can't move around. He's just transport. And, like, you know, he's kind of been yeah. forced into this life of not being a car. And you know, just, do what cars want. Is there any free will in this world? You know, are you born have to be whatever purpose you you know could i get a cars movie about a tow truck wanting to be a double decker bus and him pursuing that dream and getting cosmetic surgery i mean cars for watch it <laughs> that would be great and it, then they could really dive into the way that the forklifts are creating all cars in the cars universe what would that be called Cars 4. I guess none of them have titles, do they? Well, Cars nope. and then Cars 2. Cars two. There's and Planes. Cars three. Planes had a very similar title. Planes, the meant-to-be uh, direct-to-DVD offshoot made by a lower, not class company, but just a And then Planes 2. I can't believe they made a second Planes. Within a year of the first one. Which yeah, the yeah. trailer for the second one was on the DVD of the first one. Ah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They were ready. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I've, I've seen, seen them both, both, and they're not too bad. Oh. I mean, they're not great, but they're fun. It's a fun watch. They have uh, some funny characters. All right. Uh, feel free to also throw any of your notes out there. You have much okay, better yeah. handwriting than me. I'm, I'm like, looking, I don't know how I'm you do like it so notes. well. Like, my, these are my notes. Like, they're just scribbled in, or you have, like, well. Oh, wow. I didn't think I'd ever find handwriting that was worse than mine. 
God, gum. Yours is fine. Jeez Louise. I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. Okay, yeah, I have a lot of notes, and they're kind of all over the place. Let's see. While you're looking at that, I wrote down murder okay. In that, (laughs) I'm wondering if that's kind of, maybe, I'm having some sauce here. Maybe they wanted to do a spy film, but they also didn't want to keep it too PG. So they felt, what's the proper way to kill, you know, characters off in sort of a brutal way? Make them cars. Because the first thing we see is, in this movie, is there's a spy who's, you know, alerting the main spy in the film. Like, hey, I found something out. I'm about to be discovered. And the next time we see him, he's been crushed into a cube. Yes. Horrifying if he was a person. Kind of okay as a car. There are like 15 deaths in the first 10 minutes. 15 is being not generous enough. Seeing how there was a scene where they were driving up a, a spiral road... And he threw down a bunch of gasoline and put some explosives on him, blew up that whole thing. None of those like, cars survived that. That was that at was least probably fifteen to twenty cars. At least twenty-five. Cars. They actually made it a point to show some cars where you could assume, oh, maybe they survived. Like the one that went off the edge of the oil rig. They made it a point to show in his splash tires and and pieces of like shrapnel just kind of coming out of the water. That like, no, he's dead. So yeah, maybe to make this a car sequel was their excuse to do a spy oh, thriller. Uh, I looked it up, and this movie actually has more kills than The Shining and Jaws combined. I want to make a jump off on that point, talking about Jaws. So Finnick Missile, the spy we've been talking about a while, was voiced by none other than Michael Caine. A oh. good friend of Christopher Nolan, since he's been in almost all of his films. The exception of May? No, he was in Inception. I take that back. Memento. He wasn't in Memento, but besides that, he's in basically most of his films. <coughs> Actually, I don't know if he was in Dunkirk. I'm getting off topic here. But much maligned film, Jaws Revenge, also known as Jaws 4, historically terrible movie. Just um, cash grab, obviously. Not very good. Plot didn't make much sense. But Michael Caine was in it. Mm-hmm. Asked years later if he regretted the role, he talked about I don't remember much of it. I don't remember. I think it was a very good film, but I do remember the beach house it bought me. So Michael Caine has been known to take roles, to, you know, supplement himself and yeah. Yeah. get nice things. Which makes me wonder, what did he buy with the proceeds from this movie? I don't know. I hope he bought a car that's exactly <laughs> like Finn McMissile. Because Finn McMissile is a pretty awesome car. He's got... Well, let's see what kind of car he's based on. He has so many gadgets. <clears throat> You've got cameras, Gatling guns, um, magnet wheels, like grapple hooks. Uh, he can turn into a submarine, mm-hmm. and he's got little hydrofoils. He's got everything. He's, he's great. an Aston Martin DB5. Oh, okay. Which makes sense. That's, I think, the car uh, James Bond drive, so spy film. Hey, you Car right. spy film. On that note, David... Since we kind of are doing this because you're a mechanic and you know cars, we want to hear your car thoughts on this car film. Uh, Well, what I've always thought since like the second time I watched it is why in the world do they have these cars racing each other? Because they're completely different cars. And the main thing is having an F1 race any other car is completely ridiculous. And the fact that they put it off-road is maybe it could drive like in a desert or something, or like salt flats. You're talking about the World Grand Prix subplot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like salt flats, maybe a Formula One car could drive on, but when you're going over bumps and like little ramps, there's no way it would it would last that race. And also the fact that, like, once a race, at least one or two cars has their engine blown in the next. The next race, they're completely fine and driving again. <laughs> they're not sidelined or anything. Does this deter your enjoyment of the film? No, it's California, I think. <laughs> Francesco's no normal F1 race car. No, he is not. He's got um, like some kind of suspension. Like He can stand up on his tires. Again, this is true. the main antagonist in the racing portion of this film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Who is the Formula F1, who I think my favorite comment you made was as we were about to open it up on uh, Disney+, Plus. there's another sponsorship for you. We expect a check in the mail. Uh, the opening little 
what is it title card had him mm-hmm. in like the background and you made a comment like how his open wheels is like kind of like a wife beater or like <laughs> yeah. a, a tank top yeah so the the first time you're introduced to the character in the movie sally um mcqueen's girlfriend Ooh. makes a comment about um his amazing open wheels and she's just enthralled by this guy's open wheels and later on he says he says to mcqueen that women respect a car who has nothing to hide. And so it's sort of like this thing, like he's wearing a sleeveless shirt, and the whole time Sally and Flo are just like loving it, which is so weird to me. She says you it's see, just good to look at. I yeah. thought it funny, like you saying it looks like he's wearing a wife beater because he's Italian. And like, oh. I don't know, just that idea of like, you know, an Italian and a wife beater is kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, that little interpretation yeah. you made made sense, and I thought it was funny. It's great. But I want to talk about Sally for a second, which I think is funny. So McQueen, when he sees her, he's immediately enticed by her in the first movie. In this course, movie, obviously. when this you know antagonist car, Francesco, sees her, he's like, wow, Lightning, you're the luckiest car in the world. There is nothing special about this car. <laughs> which I think is funny because like in animated movies, usually when there's like a female yeah. character, they kind of up the sex appeal a little bit. Which That's is weird. Kind of hard to do with a car, though. Yeah, and like, just nothing's done with this car. It's I just really a car, yet everyone really. seems to be drawn to it. Yeah. The 911 Porsche is one of the best-looking cars. One of the smoothest. Well, it didn't the translate minimal. very well into She has stuff. that little pinstripe tattoo on the back. I thought you that like was that. Really weird <laughs> <in> the first <laughs> Oh, yeah. Any other? What else you got there? What else do I have? Let's see. Going through my notes. Um... Let's see. Open wheels. Soundtrack is awesome. The sound. I do like the soundtrack. Finn is so smooth. Great. <laughs> the great handshake. I love Lightning McQueen and Mater's handshake. The all the like. Which is more of a tire shake, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the part when they they go together and like start spinning their tires up, and then they like screech on the ground. It's so <laughs> great. It's hard to describe, but it's awesome. That's handshake goals for me. Oh. Um, one of the things that I was saying while we were watching the movie is why would Lightning in his prime, like this movie, this is Lightning at the peak of his racing career. He is like one of the best in the world. And why is he just all of a sudden listening to Mater's advice over the headset? <laughs> yeah, he literally decides to attend the World Grand Prix live on air because Francesco insulted him. And because Mater well, said he didn't first, he could beat him. He didn't insult McQueen. Well, he was insulting McQueen, but he joined because Mater, he insulted Mater. Oh, that's true. So he brings Mater onto the tour and has him as like, his crew chief or whatever, yeah. giving him advice, which makes no sense. But then as this whole spy plot in the background is going on, he's talking with them through the headset, which is the same one that's going to McQueen. And he says, oh, get outside? McQueen takes that as him talking to him, realizes this is something that makes no sense, but since you've told me to do it, okay does it, and loses the race. Which... It's like, why? Yeah. Why would he listen to that? Poor decision on his point, but also, I want to bring this up, because I've had this thought. I've, granted, I've never seen Cars 3, but I assume he doesn't win a lot of races in Cars yeah. 3. We've only ever seen Lightning win one race out of, like, <laughs> the ten or so yeah. races we've seen in a race, and that's, like, the second race in this, and he barely wins that one. That's so, true. like, ever the race... We've never seen him win a race. Every race he's won has been off screen, basically. Lightning McQueen's fame is probably just based on his personality <laughs> and that he's like this cocky upstart who's like the rookie who like sort of sidled up to a famous old racer. And it's not based on wins, I don't think. I mean, we've seen he's won some stuff off yeah. screen, but like he's got in the movies, jobs. we've only ever seen him win one race. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting thought there. It is. Uh, other notes I oh. have. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Go no, on. no, no. I insist. I was just looking over my notes. This movie actually has a lot of pretty good roasts. Like um, all of Lightning McQueen and Francesco's interactions are them just like trying to outdo each other with like roasting each other. Insults. Insults and whatnot. And at one point, um, Mater finds some, some lemons, and he doesn't realize they're villains at this point. And he, he tells him, no offense, but you guys break down harder than my cousin Betsy after she got left at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the best one. It's that so was good. pretty good. Uh, but yeah, while he was in the bathroom, the, no, the thing that I thought funny was there was... 
So there was also the American spy was in that room, and the female spy was told, Holly Shiftwell, that was her name, she was told, all right, go and meet with the American spy. And uh, they're portraying this as a super serious spy film, right? Like, there was a pretty intense action in the beginning. The first thing that she finds a problem is she has to go into the men's bathroom. Yeah. Which, again... A serious spy. She's probably gone through spy school and she's had training. Well, well she's not, not a field agent. She's not a field agent, but still, she's been in this world of espionage and, you know, she's worked around this. Her first hang-up is having to go in the men's room. There's some lines you just can't cross, Kenny. Fair enough. <laughs> I just figured as a spy she'd be able to. Let's yeah, see true. here. That, that um, American spy is the one that gets blown up. They heat his oil... So hot that it just combusts and he dies. Yeah, they capture this American spy and interrogate him to find out who he gave um, some information to. Um, it's like evidence that they are doing some sketchy stuff and killing spies. And so they catch him and then they put all in all, which is the... The, the fake alternative fuel. Yeah, no, they, they put it inside of him and hit him with... A electromagnetic ray emitter, and just blow him up like on screen. It's a kids' movie, and they just they heat this guy's I guess stomach contents to the point where he explodes. And this is a kids' movie. How many people saw this and said, "Yep, that's good. Let's go for it." <laughs> that's like a good question. Like they like yeah. That's why they made it a cars film. Is because yeah. we could kill cars off and no one would care. Yeah, this movie doesn't pull punches. We trade cars out on a... Apparently, some people do it on a yearly basis. I don't understand. Oh, wow. Well, have you some heard about that? Like, people be like, yeah, I traded in this car, like, this year for that, like... Oh, people who lease cars do that, I think. I guess. I don't know, that just I seems... for, like, three years, but it was because my cars were breaking down. I don't know. Yeah, I drive... I'll drive a car until it's... No one's using car after me. I'm using it until it's done. Yeah, yeah, I drive my car until it dies. It just happens to only last a year. Amen. <laughs> oh, uh, so another part of this plot. Did you say amen? I said, oh, man. Oh. oh amen, to um, amen to that, brother. <laughs> uh, I'm looking through my notes. So again, another, another big plot point of this is it's a mistaken identity film in that there is mm-hmm. the spy plot on one side and then there is the racing... The racing plot in the background. Mater starts in the racing plot, and then the American spy puts like his information into his undercarriage, if you will. Yeah. And that's not an innuendo. Uh, well. And now Mater is mistaken for a spy. And Finn McMissile thinks this is the best darn cover he's ever seen. An American uh, spy who is so good at his job, he's willing to protect... He's pretending he's an idiot throughout the film, and it's such a good cover. But I think it's ironic. When they're in the plane, he's still an idiot. So it's the two British spies, (laughs) and they're face-to-face with Mater. It's just them. Mater, if he was a spy, could go like, all right, man, I can finally ask sophisticated again. Nope, he's still an idiot. (laughs) He tries to tell him, just a tow truck, and they don't listen. They're like, oh, he's so good. Man, this guy is so good, so deep undercover. He's not willing to break his cover for one second. And this isn't a red flag for them at all. It's funny. Finn is, like, pretty starstruck with Mater. <laughs> like, the whole movie, he's just watching him and making comments about, oh, his disguise is so good. Oh, my gosh. He never, like, lets out his, like, character. And it's Mater is just on accident doing things that kind of work out. And Finn is just blown away. It's great. <laughs> Until the fi- other shoe finally drops, where he tells him for a third time, "Not a spy." And then he's like, "He's like, Shoot. oh, that actually makes a lot of sense." I have made a huge mistake. Uh, let's see. At one point, ooh, actually, I want to talk about. So, first film, major character Doc Hudson yes. is a famous racer and won all these races. Turns out he's in this small town. Big part of the first movie absence from this movie because his voice actor Paul Newman had died between the two films so yes. they decided you know out of respect for him take his character out although interestingly enough the character of Fillmore was originally voiced in the first one by well who was it I had the name George Carlin I think mm. 
And he also died. Yep. Yeah, they didn't kill his character off. They just revoiced him and put him in this movie. He wasn't as respectable. He didn't do as much stuff in this movie either. So it's like, why yeah. didn't they just yeah. respectfully kill them both off? That's a good question. That'd be they too many also, characters. I believe the, just like all dying off. I'm pretty sure Red's actor also died. The fire truck, and so they only I had him. They had him like crying. No. But it was through a window, and you couldn't see, you couldn't hear him. You could just see him. In the first, second one, yeah, yeah. When they were leaving in the, um, yeah, yeah, John Ratzenberg. In the third one, I think, right? I don't know. Well, yeah. in their defense, Red never said anything besides like kind of cried in the first movie. Anyway. That's true. I don't know why they couldn't have revoiced that. Like anybody could do a fake cry. I mean, like even though you don't really need to revoice him either, he did. They could just reuse the old samples of his. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So, I don't know. An interesting choice of, like, let's kill one character off because their voice actor died, but let's just recast another one who doesn't really do anything either. Besides that thing at the end where they're like, oh, he switched up the fuel, and then he's like, nope, wasn't me. It was actually this guy. Yeah, that that surprised me. I don't know why, but... Every time they talk about Fillmore being a tree hugger, I just imagine what it would look like a car hugging a tree. You see, yeah, my next note here is tree hugger should have a different meaning in the Cars universe. Because if a car is hugging a tree, isn't it because it's, you know, hit the tree? <laughs> oh, damn. Man, you, you tree hugger. You Is drunk. that like a, that's like um, suicidal or something. You suicidal car. tree hugger. <laughs> Let's see. I thought it was weird that he said the fuel was fine when, why not just say, hey, I swapped the fuel. But he well, didn't swap the fuel with someone else. Yeah. So again, another it. another point is... Once big oil, always big oil. Again, the big plot of the film is these bad guys, they've introduced this fuel, I'm doing heavy air quotes yeah. here, called all in all, that's alternative, it's not oil or gasoline, and these cars keep, their engines keep blowing up. And they're like, all right, cool, we'll cancel the race, You, we'll go back to oil, ha ah, darn, this yeah. alternative fuel. Then Lightning's like, eh, my friend Fillmore here, he says it's good to go. So I trust him. But then again, he's not actually using it because his other friend Sarge has been switching it out. That's true. So very convoluted, very confusing, but it allows the plot to go on. Wait, does that mean Fillmore actually believed in all in all and said it was safe? (laughs) Because Sarge is the one who switched it out. That means Fillmore is like, no, this is good to go. It was all natural. I'm yeah, noticing they made it in the, in a the lot movie. of plot holes in this film. Also, it doesn't change they, the fact that it's a great movie. So I thought all in all was like gas. They put it in the guy's tank, the American, to blow him up, and the yeah. race cars use gas. Yeah. Then he's changing it out for oil. No, I think it's just gasoline. I think. Uh, okay, because he said once, once big oil, always big oil. <laughs> I was like, why is he putting oil in the tanks? I think oh, big what? oil is the name of like just like. Big gas companies. Okay. That's I just what you. they call them. Yeah. That makes more sense. Oh, speaking of oil, another one of the good um, insults in this movie is um, <laughs> Mater says about old British engines, if there ain't no oil under them, there ain't no oil in them, which is pretty good. And that's how he figures out that the could, bad guy Hold up. Is, could you explain that one? He's saying... Ain't no he's oil saying, under them, ain't no oil in them. He's saying old British oil, engines are oil. so bad okay. that if there's not oil that's dripping under underneath, then there's just none in them. Interesting. Yeah, and that's how he figures out that Miles Axelrod is not an electric car. He faked his conversion, however that works, and is still... You just soundproofed his engine bay <laughs> so you yeah. can't hear it revving or anything. <laughs> what a complicated plot this is. It is. As all spy movies should be. <laughs> Not this complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the relationship between uh, the female spy and Mater. Mm. So first note I have is Mater, and I hate using this word, is a simp. I just think <laughs> I think he's a stupid millennial, but there's no better way to put it. You know, his best friend's racing, and this race that he's brought him into, he's hyped him up, and he's making sure he's on his game face. Oh, this girl's calling me <laughs> out well, during this race. All righty then, I'm on my way. And again, causes Lightning to lose the race because of all this conversation. Uh, and then at the end, clearly Mater's infatuated her because it's the prettiest girl he's ever seen. He lives in middle of nowhere, lost 
wherever this is, New Mexico. That's uh, where, where Radiator Springs. Radiator Springs. He lives in the middle of nowhere. This is the prettiest girl he's so ever seen. And so he is infatuated. And he acts this way throughout the whole film. And she's just like, all right, sure, whatever, man. And then at the end of the film, when the things have all wrapped up and she's meeting everyone else for the first time, she goes, hi, I'm Mater's girlfriend. When was this decision made? When did you decide, like, hey, this bug teeth, this rusty paint job, this backward hick, this is what I'm into. While she thought he was brilliant, she wouldn't give him the time of day. And as soon as she finds out that he actually oh, is an idiot. Oh, he actually is an idiot, she's like, you oh, say. oh, that's hot. I'm going to be her, his self-declared girlfriend. Uh, did she show up in the third movie at all? No. So this is a relationship that does the not last. The third movie actually ignores this movie completely. Much <laughs> like the rest of Disney and Pixar. Just like the rest of the world, except for us for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, she just doesn't show back up. They broke up pretty quick, I assume. I don't she know if they ever even got it. a date. Because at the end, she said, uh, you still owe me that first date. She decided to be his girlfriend without ever going I on a date. I think she just felt bad for him and wanted his buddies to think he was cool. Oh, you know what? She said... She's, well, yeah, I don't know. She Say said it. that after he decided to stay in Radiator Springs, so maybe she never intended to go on a date with him. She was like, oh, he's not leaving here? I can get out of this one real yep. easily. Yep. I said I was his girlfriend as a favor. I want to make him look good. All right, never have to see him again. Okay. Oh, uh, such a and she such probably a nice got that guy. dent fixed too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! As soon as Mater introduced her, the first thing that Flo says <laughs> to her, she's not like, "Oh, nice to meet you. Uh, that's awesome that you're Mater's girlfriend" or anything like that. She just says, "Whoa, honey, that's a nasty dent you got there." That's the first thing she says. Just body shaming her immediately. It's <laughs> uh, so sad. Last note I've got really here worth talking about. Owen Wilson just sounds bored. At he least does. I'm not sure if it's maybe it's maybe through the whole thing, but like in the first Cars movie, he sounds pretty, you know, like he's not pretty. He sounds like he's into it, you know. Yeah. He's given a good performance, you know, this cocky car that learns to be humble. He's given his all. Here he's just phoning it in. <laughs> he took yeah. one look at the script. I'm not the main character. I'm just gonna read my lines and get out of here. <laughs> he probably. I wonder how long it took him to record all those lines. Like, was right. it like one or two days, and then he's just, just like, I'm done. If like, even I... two days, because again, he doesn't have too many lines outside of. Yeah, he just has not a few bad jokes, and then being mad at Mater. Being well, not mad, being mad at Mater, being bad at the main car, and then feeling sad that he got mad at Mater. Yeah, and it was all most of the emotional scenes in this movie were super forced. Like I could do without them, <laughs> but the spy stuff, man, it's great. Alrighty, actually, I do remember. I do have one more note that I needed to touch on. And when Mater leaves, he's, you know, he's made, like, rules the race. He feels bad. He's going home. He leaves a handwritten note for them. <laughs> and he doesn't have hands. So do they have little prosthetics to... There's a lot of stuff we see off screen that's, like, never explained. Like, they take their tires off to ride on a ra uh, train track, you know? Like, how, how, how they get their tires off, how they put them back on. That kind of stuff. How they write a handwritten note. Who built this world? Because, again, <laughs> they don't have opposable thumbs. Just yeah. a lot of unanswered questions that John Lasseter refuses to answer my calls and answer them in the middle of the night. So, yeah. Some questionable decisions. But I think it's a shame that the world has forgotten this movie. Because, I don't know, maybe we could learn some lessons from it. And what lessons would those be? More spies and less... Emotion. More spies, less thighs? <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, they're totally trying to kill off this whole group of cars. Don't do that. Yeah. They might come back for vengeance. Is this secretly uh, have a message of the American care system? or? I mean, it might. I don't know. Maybe they're encouraging people to stand up and kill racers in order to get their proper medical health care. I can, I can see it. I just drew a drawing of Sally. That's pretty amazing. Is that that's Sally? Yeah. Are those buck teeth? Yeah. All right. We'll put that on the Instagram, which, by the way, is on the fly, 
All lowercase underscore unofficial. I'm the first follower. I didn't even see if there was a official on the fly. I just thought unofficial was the way to go with this. Let me look that up now. It'd be funny if you got the little blue check mark next to an account that says unofficial. <laughs> yeah, this is not getting a blue check mark anytime soon. Closing thoughts. Well, I think that. I still love it. Yeah. And despite the fact that most of our thoughts today have been critical, mm. I do still enjoy the movie. The soundtrack is great. The action is actually like pretty compelling sometimes. It's not just like boring fight scenes. Like there's a little bit of back and forth. And um, can we talk about that one car with the eyes and the headlight spot? Oh this yeah, is freaky. I do not like that car. There's, to give context here, again, most of these cars, they have their eyes are in the windshield of yes. the car. At one point, they're in some sort of like, you know, kind of underground market, a lot of shady deals <coughs> going on. And Mater sees a car that doesn't look right because it's got, it's got some seats and it's got a regular windshield. And he's wondering what's up with that. The headlights open up and reveal the eyes are there. <laughs> and then it starts talking to him and he's freaked out. Which, actually, I'm glad you brought this up, because I think this kind of brings into the mythos, mythos of the world, and maybe it leads to the whole car uprising thing, where, you know, I see this as maybe a first version of the smart car. Like, oh. it still has seats for people to sit oh. in. You know, it's <gasps> it's, a, it's a functioning car, but just the it headlights is. have eyes. So maybe this was, you know, Mark One of the smart car. Like, he kind of see the road, people can sit in it, maybe they can take control. But the cars, they didn't like being taken control of, no. So the cars, they give the next version of cars sentience. And these cars, they don't play well with the humans. So they take them out. Yep. After the humans have made a world that's self-reliable, that doesn't need, you don't need to get out of the car. You can be inside the car and you can function within it. So maybe, I don't know, that's how this world came to be. It's a world built on blood. Uh, And now a world built on oil. oil. (laughs) So yeah. I like that. That's like that, yeah. And now that, that going forward. And now we're now we're heading towards that with the self-driving Teslas and stuff. That that it's self-driving first-generation car was reduced to selling headlights, just like we will be reduced to. Mater maybe the humans are enslaved in building these cars, <laughs> building the sentient cars. Just each each level of cars just like takes control of the last level. And like makes them do mm. whatever they want them to do. Dang. Interesting. Thoughts. The lemons tried to take over, but they failed, and now they'll be phased out. They'll have to work in the mines with the humans. Oh. <laughs> All right. Cars Two, a surprisingly dark movie. <laughs> well, this has been a deep dive into American cinema. Uh, we'll have to find another movie in the future to deep dive into to really turn up those. Uh, those bones and that meat grind it up and that really lost it there <laughs> <laughs> i'd say we should watch the incredibles next we, we well, so we're having you back i'm coming back <laughs> are we gonna go to for like generally underrated movies or are we just going any movies uh, why do you have a thought I don't know. We could do um, episode eight of Star Wars because that is pretty terrible, but you like it. I do. I think it's the best of the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it's a uh, controversial movie, it's it's a, so that might be interesting. Or we could watch Monster Hunters, maybe the worst movie I've seen. Interesting. That movie sucked. I feel like that's a movie no one's gonna be talking about in so many years. Whereas Cars Two, something everyone brings up every now and then. Yeah, that's true. So I think the funny thing I've seen that meme you were showing me earlier, where it's like Cars One, haha, shiny car go vroom. Cars uh-huh. Two, a deep and complicated plot about uh, you know, billionaire corporations or just overall spy shenanigans and genocide and genocide. Cars Three, haha, cars go vroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of a course correction there on uh, Pixar's part. <laughs> The third one's actually pretty good. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably watch it sometime this week now that I've you know, fully reminded myself mm-hmm. of uh, the car's lore or what there is. It's pretty similar to the first one, but there's some cool stuff. I, from what I've heard, I think it's something I'd enjoy, like, you know, kind of lightning getting phased out. It's sort of a passing of the torch. Yeah, as lightning, mm-hmm. I guess, becomes old and is kind of phased out of sporty loves. But uh, getting off the car thing, I got a message from uh, Kyle... 
recently. Former, oh. Former co-host. Mm. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because uh, he texted me, your quote, your ex-co-host would not be happy, to which he replied, true and false. True, I don't like the time limit. False, I'm not the ex-co-host. So Ooh. expect some Kyle content in the future. I don't know what that's going to be looking like, but... Oh, well. Kyle isn't Kyle what? isn't done with this podcast yet. It's gonna be this co-host triangle. Co-host. Can we have some a drama going. Battle sometime. <laughs> oh, if Kyle ever showdown. comes up here, if you ever come down to Clearwater, we'll have to duke that out. I'll start awesome. training. <laughs> Noah gets buffed specifically for this co-host fight. <laughs> Just coming jacked. No, it's gonna be a, a verbal battle. Oh, I need to work out my. Vocal cords <laughs> or your mouth. I'll be doing some some lifts with my lips. <laughs> Just put some dumbbells on my lips. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Well, David, thank you for wasting your time and thanks for having recording me. this podcast that will not be remembered by anyone. I will remember it. You will remember it. I will. I won't. No. I've actively decided to forget after recording each one. It's kind of sad. Um, I know. For me. I'm sorry. Noah, any final thoughts? Um, I have so many thoughts. Do you want to get them off your chest now, or do you want to wait? They're endless. Endless? <laughs> endless thoughts. Okay, then. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad Cars 2 got a little bit of recognition today, even though <laughs> you only have, like, three, now two listeners. Well, um, we need to get the word out. Here, we'll, we'll do our a little rundown, since it always makes everyone happy to hear their own name. We have Noah and, yes! his, and his brothers who listen to him. David, yeah. I'm, I've assumed you listen to one or two. Dude, I've listened to everyone. There we go. Time. That's a real fan right there. There you go. That's where those hundreds and thousands of listeners have come from. I think the best from. one, though, is the Muppets episode. <laughs> <laughs> so In good. a sense, another deep dive into American cinema before deep dive into American cinema was a thing. Uh, we've got Kyle, not the former ex-co-host, but just a, just a co-host who co Coasts. Well, no, he is the former ex-co-host. Go on. Because that's a double negative. He used to be the ex-co-host. Now he's former ex-co-host. <laughs> I'll wait to hear what his response is to that. Uh, so we got him. We've got Aaron McKee, always a faithful listener. And I always think, have you listened to the stuff she's done on here? Yeah, I think so. It's very funny. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> and then we have, again, Blake Watley, who's been listening recently and enjoying and if you're a new fan, um, again, hit again, us up on the Instagram on account. On the Instagram, on the fly, unofficial. Not Eesh. official. That's a scam. That's a Stay scam. Stay away from it. <laughs> Following 4,000 accounts and only followed by 100 <laughs> with zero posts Yeah. and a private account. So shady stuff going on there. But yeah, I know I keep saying any final thoughts, but anything? Any final thoughts? Um, it's been a good second episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to keeping this rolling. Technically a third because we broke that first one into two episodes. Oh, that's right. So great it's, third it's episode. It's been a good third episode. Great uh, second installment of the Meet the Stall Cups, or whatever yes. I was calling it. The David, best stall cup. it's been good to meet you. And thank you for bringing your car knowledge to this car movie experience. I didn't have much, <laughs> I mean, I sure. feel like you had some car commentary while we were talking during the movie. I just that is true. don't know if a lot of that came into this. Y'all missed out on that. It was great. <laughs> we started recording during the movie, and it was like one comment every 10 minutes. And so it, it was also like, if I had known this movie better, like, I don't think I've seen this since. Like, I know I've probably seen it. I saw it in the theaters, like, for my birthday when it first came out. It's like turning 12 or 11. And I think I walked out there like, I enjoyed it, but there definitely was something wrong with that movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, at 10 or 11, you're already critical of movies you watched? I was a cynical kid. Uh, Me and Noah yeah. could probably quote the entire movie. I actually was mouthing the words like most of the time. Because <laughs> we used to take our toy cars. You know, they have the Cars brand cars. Yeah. We had most of them. And so we would reenact the movie just in the living room. Because that was, like, we used to only be able to watch a few movies a week or whatever, like a certain number of movies a week. Mm -hmm. And so when we couldn't watch it, we would just reenact the entire <laughs> the entire thing. Yeah, we could get pretty far, just word for word. That's great. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts, Kenny? Any final <laughs> thoughts? Uh, you know, decent movie. Uh, not my favorite, but it's definitely not the worst production movie I've always decided. That's The Good Dinosaur. It's true. 
We'll have to do that another time. We'll have to we'll have to rank Pixar films. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Got a little bracket going or something. I would listen to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Decided he wouldn't co-host it, but he'll listen to it. Well, you said I might not come back. So well, ooh. I'm feeling quite offended right now. Keep all four of you on on edge. All right. I'm pressing the end recording button. You can't stop me. No. No.